Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. This week, it's a unique one because there's a lot of news going on and a lot of stuff that really makes me just scratch my head. I just don't understand some of the things that are going on. Of course, it's social media driven. Talk about that. But before we get into the actual question, I do want to say that I send a huge shout out to the other podcasters on our platform. My co-host on the standard is a standard Lance Williams, who also has his own show. Yeah, I said it. Make sure you check out that as well as Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defeo, who are on the Steelers hangover. And then my guys, Ed, Brian is also on with me on Thursday night and uh, Dave Schofield. Huge shout out to those guys. Look, not all those shows are on YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube, then you got to also follow us on our audio platforms. You can go to anywhere where you search for your own podcast, whether that's Google, Spot, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, just type in Steelers and you'll find behind the Steel Curtains audio platform. You get all five shows, one every single day of the work week for you to enjoy. Nothing but Steelers talk. So the question, and I, I know that a lot of people are already chiming in in the live chat because they saw the headline of the episode, and that is, who will be who will have the better season in 2019, Juju Smith-Schuster or Antonio Brown? And I know that a lot of people are fed up with Antonio Brown, and I get it. I, I really do, and trust me, I am as well. Uh, people that read the website behindthesteelcurtain.com have to understand that although we're all fed up with it, there are things that we ha can't ignore. You know, we just can't ignore it because if we're we're running a business, so to speak, you know, um, that job does pay me money. And so I need to do my job. And in this case, I don't want to talk about too much off the field stuff. We know what happened with Antonio Brown. We know how he left. We know how he kicked as many people as he could as he was walking out the door. And then you, they've, they've gotten to this on and off, back and forth Antonio Brown's making these cryptic comments and Juju Smith-Schuster standing up for Ben Roethlisberger. And then Antonio Brown responds, but they're never really singling each other out. It's just really strange. I don't know what the heck's going on there. But what I want to talk about today is on-field production. Okay, on-field production. So we're actually talking about football here. I, I want us to put the drama behind us. Okay, put the drama on the back shelf, the back burner, and just think to yourself, okay, what are the logistics and who will actually have the better season in 2019? Because of Steeler fans automatically going to think, well, it's going to be Juju because of Ben and, and all this. It might not be that simple. Now, last year, their statistics were very similar. Clearly, Antonio Brown had more touchdown receptions. Juju Smith-Schuster had more yards. Uh, and Antonio Brown, I believe, had more targets. Therefore, you have to ask yourself, in Oakland, who's going to be throwing Antonio Brown the football? Derek Carr. I have no doubt that Derek Carr will pump him the football just like Ben Roethlisberger did. Why? Because already, I'm sure he realizes that Antonio Brown is demanding of the football. He's demanding of that attention. And so Derek Carr is going to make sure that he keeps Brown happy. Roethlisberger did this for years when he was in Pittsburgh. Then you also have to think, okay, Carr's throwing on the ball. He is not horrible, okay? Not horrible. People give him, he had a couple of bad seasons. He's also been on a couple of bad teams. Um, I think that Derek Carr, if I'm tiering the quarterbacks, tier one, tier two, tier three, I'm putting him in tier two, 
I really am. A lot of people may disagree with that, but I'm going to put him in tier two. I think he's a he's an above average quarterback. Is he great? No. Is he above average? Yes. So he'll be able to get the job done. Throws a good deep ball, uh, but at the same time, I look at places like the offensive line. I think that the Raiders' offensive line was extremely overrated a few years ago. They've lost a lot of pieces. Now they did make the big trade or the big pick. Big free agent acquisition, I think, in uh, Trent Brown, I believe is his name from the Patriots. Um, that was one of those deals that was done, I think, three minutes into the tampering period. And people were wondering if the tampering still goes on in the NFL. It does. However, I'm not sold on that offensive line giving Derek Carr enough time to be able to drop back and find Antonio Brown at the time. And that's a big, big component to this equation is. Carr might be able to have, he might have the skill to get Antonio Brown the ball. And we know that Antonio Brown's going to get open because he is that elite player. But is Carr going to be able to actually deliver him the football with enough time, on time, and accurately? I'm not so sure. The other weapons that they have, uh, not not ridiculous. Um, they got Williams, the wide receiver from the Chargers that the Steelers were showing interest in. He'll be opposite of Antonio Brown. Uh, running back is a huge question mark. They're not sure about Marshawn Lynch's future. So while I do think Derek Carr will pump Antonio Brown the football, let's go to the other side of the coin. Let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster is also going to be having a new role in the here he's going to be number one i don't think that means he's going to be split out wide the entire time but i do think that juju smith schuster will be able to be utilized to maximize his matchup what does that mean that means that it with ben roethlisberger and randy feetner they can look at where's the weak spot on the defense maybe it's their slot cornerback maybe they notice if they send a guy in motion if they're in zone a linebacker is going to pick up the slot well, that means that if Juju goes in motion and they have him on a linebacker, that is a matchup they will exploit all day and all night. And he also has shown that he can play on the outside, although he's not the burner that can really stretch the field. He is still capable of playing that position. He's very versatile, and he blocks well. He's a receiver, he's a receiver that should never have to leave the football field unless he's winded and needs a break. I think, though, the one thing that is going against Juju Smith-Schuster because on paper he has the better quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, the better offensive line, which remains intact from 2018. I think the Steelers are going to spread the ball around more this year than they have in the past. And so go back to the Raiders situation, the Raiders, you know, what they're probably going to be doing offensively, and that is to give Antonio the Brown early and often and as much as possible. I don't think the Steelers are going to have that approach. I think the Steelers are going to take more of a, we are going to throw it to whoever is open, who has single coverage. So maybe that's Eli Rogers. Maybe it's Ryan Switzer. Maybe it's Dante Moncrief or Vance McDonald. There's a number of weapons that the Steelers have, and I didn't even mention the running backs, James Conner and Jalen Samuels coming out of the backfield, that Ben Roethlisberger will have at his disposal. I don't think he has to narrow his focus on number 19 the way he did on number 84. And so because of that, Juju's numbers might actually dip a little bit. So I guess this also comes down to interpretation. What do you view as a better season? So for instance, if if Juju Smith-Schuster's yardage goes down, his touchdowns go up, but Antonio Brown has more yards, 
and even close to equal touchdowns, but Juju Smith-Schuster gets his team in the playoffs with big plays, and who has the better season? That's debatable. Some people say when you're looking at one-to-one, it's purely statistic, nothing but stats. That's all you have to look at. I'm not necessarily that way. I want to look at the complete body of work. I want to look at what did they do for their team? How did they help their team win? How did they help their team get into the postseason? Or did they miss the postseason? That plays a role for me. With that said, I think that in and I'm saying that I'm sorry, I think that Juju Smith Schuster is going to have the better 2019 season. He's younger. I think this offense is going to suit him very, very well. I think he has the better quarterback, like I mentioned. He has the better offensive line. He has a better running game. Let's not forget about that. Because if James Conner and Jalen Samuels are running the ball well, that means that they can't drop everyone back into coverage. They can't assign two, maybe even three players to Juju Smith-Schuster's side. They're going to have to protect the run. That's going to lead to more one-on-one situations. And we have seen Juju Smith-Schuster can win those time and time again. So with that said, I think that by all means, Juju Smith-Schuster, like I said, I, his, his statistics might go down. His yardage might go down. He might be around the 1,100 to 1,200 yards. But if his touchdowns go up, I'm okay with that. And even if his touchdowns don't go up, but he's really stepped up his game. The catches that he makes are bigger. Uh, his His route running is better then I see a progression. I think that's fine. I'm not going to look at that as a failed season. Antonio Brown's going to get his. We know that. If he doesn't, God help you Raider fans, because you'll see what Antonio Brown is really like. But I do think, even though Antonio Brown's going to put up his numbers, because that's what he does, I just think that Juju's going to have the better year. On a quick sidebar, could you imagine, since the Raiders recently signed Landry Jones as a backup quarterback, could you imagine if something happened to Derek Carr and Landry Jones turned out to be the quarterback for the Raiders? I know Antonio Brown had a really good game with, with Jones, a quarterback, against the Raiders back in Pittsburgh, but at the same time, that would be that would be an awful situation for Antonio Brown. And, I, and you know that every Steeler fan around the globe would just be sitting back just chuckling because not only is Antonio Brown floundering, but he has a Landry Jones throwing him the football. It would be very comical. Steeler fans would love it. Uh, Raider fans would hate it. But at the same time, some would say, that's karma. So I want to know what you all think. Um, hey, Nick, you know, Nick just, uh, Hey, super chat, $2. Thanks, Nick. Uh, he said, wins are greater than stats. To answer, your, to answer my question, I agree with that. Wins are greater than statistics. Uh, but sometimes people will say that wins are a team statistic. And not that wins are greater than stats. But for instance, if Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't have any touchdowns, only has six receptions for 65 yards, who has the you see where I'm going with this in terms of statistics versus wins, because if James Conner rushes for 145, two touchdowns, and they beat a team by 10 points, but Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't have a huge role in that, I don't understand um, you know, where you differentiate between the two. And then Dave Schofield chimes in on the live chat saying that Landry Jones came in late in that Raiders game. That was when Roethlisberger left. I believe it was a foot injury. That was when he got... He was scrambling out of the pocket. Remember, he got tackled, and someone landed awkwardly on his foot. Jones came in. They ended up winning that football game. It was uh, it was really, really odd situation, but Landry Jones 
I guess credit to him. And that was that was the same season that the next game I think they beat Arizona, and that was when he passed the ball. I want to say a combined ten yards in the air, but it turned out to be over hundred and forty yards because Martavis Bryant caught those little bubble screens and just outran everybody. That was a tremendous game, though. Tremendous stretch for the Steelers, by the way, because Antonio Brown. I don't want to bring him up too much uh, against the Raiders in that game. That was when he had video game numbers against the Raiders. I think he had over 200 yards receiving, maybe even two touchdowns. One of the greatest games I've seen from a wide receiver that was against the Raiders there. So um, there you have that. I do want to talk about a couple things. We will be opening up. I will be looking at the live chat for questions um, here in a second. I want to talk about this change in the and the rules and the way they're the NFL is changing replay. Um, I don't I don't know what the league has decided, but here's the here's what what happened in case you didn't hear. The league basically said on a one year trial basis, you are going to be able to review a non call pass interference call. This is essentially all about the Saints, the NFC Championship game. We all know what happened. We all saw it. It was egregious. It wasn't called. So a lot of people and pundits and radio hosts were saying they should be able to call a uh, replay any pass interference call. Well, the problem is, is that on that play, they wouldn't have been able to review it based on the fact that there was no flag thrown. And so because of that simple fact, the the whole group of people carrying pitchforks and and torches saying review all the pass interference calls said well that wouldn't have fixed that call it wouldn't have the sean payton would have been completely handcuffed and not been able to do anything so now what do you do is you say okay you get one i believe it's one a game where you can challenge correct me if i'm wrong if i didn't get the number of challenges you get to challenge a uh a pass interference but still in the live chat, if you know that, they're going to get the chance to challenge a questionable non-call or a pass interference call. There's a lot of questions that come up. Like, for instance, how are they going to be able to judge on replay whether the ball is catchable? Think back to the Saints game on Alvin Kamara, Joe Hayden. That ball was not catchable, nor did he interfere with him. So that would be a clear-cut uh, example of how Mike Tomlin could have thrown the challenge flag. They see it was not pass interference, and then the ball would be ruled incomplete, and therefore it would have been you know the next play, whether it's fourth down, they would have to punt, I think, or kick a field goal. Um, but what if it's a you know a, a a really I'm thinking like Ben Roethlisberger drops back and he throws a dart over the middle of the field, and Ryan Switzer uh, jumps, doesn't come down with it. Hands don't get on the ball, and yet he is clearly interfered with. How are they going to review whether he could have caught the football or not? Are they going to be able to say, well, I mean, this is where I just don't, I, I guess I want to read more about it. I want to hear more about it. I'm sure Al Riveron, it's every Steeler fan's favorite guy. I'm sure Al Riveron is going to release some videos to show examples. I'm curious to see how they're going to do things like what is a catchable pass? What is, you know, if a, if a, if a defender just has his hand on the back of a receiver, if he's just touching his back, is that pass interference or does he have to be interfering with him? There's so much gray matter here. And I see a lot of people in the live chat saying that they think it's a good, that it's a really good idea. I, I just think that they're opening Pandora's box, period. Um, I think that 
where do you stop from this? I mean, are you going to get to challenge a holding call once a game? You know, they always say holding happens on every play in the National Football League. That doesn't mean it gets called every play. So I just, I, I'm not sure how this is going to go. It's it's going to be complex. As Vodka Drinker says, it's going to be very complicated. We'll see how things pan out. But, you know, Steeler fans have every reason to be upset because technically if this were an option, they would have probably won that Saints game or at least been in better position to win that Saints game. I hate saying they would have won. They would have made the playoffs because everything that transpires in a game happens according to what happened prior to it. So Alvin Kamara gets you know the pass interference call. They end up scoring a touchdown on that drive because they get the ball at the one. You know, if that pass is ruled incomplete, then it changes the whole dynamic. So I, I hate that how people say all the time, well, they would have, they would have gone to the playoffs and we don't really know. We don't really know what would have happened and would they have not played well against Cincinnati in week 17? You don't know. We don't know because everything changes. So wanted to get that off my chest a little bit. I'm not really sure how that's going to look. Definitely something I'm going to bring up tomorrow night on our Steelers preview, which is going to be live here on YouTube. So make sure you check it out. We'll be on around nine o'clock. That'd be myself, Brian and Dave. We'll definitely talk about some of the rule changes um, amongst other stuff surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you check out that show. Um, I guess the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the question and answer segment of the show in our live chat, live on YouTube, is, you know, the Ben bashing. And that's something that we talked about a lot last, uh, last week on the preview show. And they talked about, you know, everyone said, oh, you guys are so, you're such homers. You guys support Ben Roethlisberger. And look, I said this on the standard is a standard on Sunday. I made it a, a, a very clear when, when I went on live with Lance was I know that Ben Roethlisberger is not a saint. I'm not condoning what he did in prior years, whether that was in Milledgeville, whether it was in uh, Nevada. I'm not, not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that in this instance, I'm not sure of what he really did wrong to deserve that. Uh, could he be a better teammate? Absolutely. Then again, I'm not in the locker room. So how would I know? I'm going off of what other people say. And so as Ryan Clark sits up there and says he's a horrible teammate, but then James Harrison goes on um, the show with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and says he's a great teammate. Who am I to believe? Who are you to believe that's listening to this? Because guess what? We've never been in the locker room. Unless you've been there, unless you know these players, unless you've seen their interactions, who are we to say what's right and what's wrong, what's what's fact and what's fiction? So for me, I guess this whole saga with with all this, and I, I honestly, I do like Ben Roethlisberger because he's brought a lot of success to the Steelers. I'm not alone. Um, I, I've you can ask Lance. I've actually been able to say, I've criticized Ben more this year, this past year than I ever have. But still, I was always curious what took teammates so long to come out and back Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Ramon Foster was on Twitter and someone asked him, like, look, man, all these people are bashing Ben. Why don't you guys stick up for him? And he said, you know what? It's not worth arguing with someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. And I get that. I get that you have faith that Roethlisberger knows that you have his back and that you don't have to go out there on social media and just spout off about it. I understand that. But at the same time, when your quarterback's being drugged through the mud over and over and over again, beaten like a dead horse, my goodness, at some point you have to feel like you have to do something. Finally, Marquise Pouncey was the first one. He put a post out on Instagram and said, look, this guy's a leader. If you don't know, you've never been there. We've got his back 100%. 
that was the first one. And then kind of silence. No one really said anything. And then Harrison went on Fox Sports and he said what he said. And it's like almost like everyone followed his lead. It's almost like, well, wow, Debo just said that he thought Ben was a good leader. Well, now all of a sudden, here comes Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's posting about how he loves Ben Roethlisberger, and he's so happy that he was able to spend his first two seasons with, starting out as a 20-year-old in the National Football League with a former future Hall of Fame quarterback. And then here comes James Conner, and he's making comments. And Ryan Chazier, quote, tweets the segment with James Harrison and says he agrees 100%. Like, what took so long? That's what I don't understand. Uh, we won't ever know that answer. Um, some will have their speculative thoughts and theories and their hot takes but at the same time it just doesn't make much sense to me i look at that and say it, if roethlisberger is beloved in the locker room then you would think they would just jump up and say whoa whoa, whoa slow your roll but at the same time I, I don't know the dynamic i don't know the dynamic because i'm not there so with that said since we're not there i'm not sure what to say i mean i know that ali's in here he said ben is the keys of the city try to uh try to buck him while you're on the team and watch out i i agree i don't think anyone is disagreeing that roethlisberger has as antonio brown put it an owner mentality uh kevin colbert came out and said he deserves that which was kind of stunning and it's a player that you're basically giving that much power to but at the same time, I feel like the, the Steelers have laid their bed with Ben Roethlisberger, and is, is it time for them to lay in it? That's a question. You know, they got rid of Todd Haley. Ben didn't like him. They, hi they, they hired, promoted, I should say, Randy Feetner, and that's because Ben likes him. Uh, they, they Antonio Brown's gone. I'm not sure if Ben Roethlisberger had anything to do with that intentionally, but certainly played a role. We'll see what it looks like without him. We'll see. But at the same time, um, I just don't understand, you know, where that line is. What took so long? It just really makes me scratch my head. I know they finally did, and it seemed like they waited till James Harrison said something nationally to do anything. But it, we'll see. I don't expect to hear anything from Ben Roethlisberger anytime soon, and that's that kind of complicates things. I think it's the best, the best possible approach he could have is just stay quiet. There's no need to talk. Don't. Don't give any interviews, even when ESPN, when Jeremy Fowler calls and says, hey, uh, we'd like to interview Ben and kind of get his take on this stuff. Say, thanks, but no thanks. We're just going to focus on the 2019 season. That's the best thing he could do. But for fans, it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder, absolutely. So, okay, now's where we get into the time where I take time from the show, a few minutes, to answer your questions. So if you have a question and you're in the live chat and you're watching live on YouTube, go ahead and ask it. As long as it's Steeler related, NFL related, I'll be glad to do the best that I can to answer. Now, I do want to mention that we did have a user earlier tonight use the live chat. Okay, or I'm sorry, the super chat feature, super chat, live chat, um, super chat, which is obviously if you want to make sure that your question gets answered, you can put in any amount of money and you Hit that super chat feature on the on the right of your little text option, and your comment will stay highlighted, and it'll be at the top longer. So, if you're someone that really wants a question answered, you can use that feature. You don't have to, but you can. All right, so here we go. Um, someone says that Dante Moncrief will have more touchdowns than Antonio Brown next season. I don't know. Um, 
Uh, that's tough. I, I, Antonio Brown last year was a touchdown machine. Uh, there were games where he didn't have a lot of yards, but he scored a lot of touchdowns. I wouldn't be stunned, but at the same time, I'm not putting money on Moncrief. No, I'm not. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I had a question earlier. Yeah, let's see if I can find that one. Um, go ahead and fire those away. Got a couple coming in. Do you think Ben? Do you think Ben will still be in the top five in passing yards? I absolutely do think he will be. I, I would. I, I actually would be happy if he's not. Um, because that would mean that they are putting more of an onus on the running game. And as Lance will attest, my favorite word when talking about the offense and the Steelers is balance. The problem is, is that they don't experience balance that often. It's very pass happy. So I wish, and I hope that his passing yards, which eclipsed, which eclipsed 5,000 last year, go back down. He doesn't need to be top five for the team to be successful but at the same time, I know that they love to sling it. I know that they absolutely are going to throw the football. They're going to have wide receivers. They're going to throw four or five wides out there, not to mention tight ends. He's going to get his yards. I would say that, yeah, he'll be in the top five again next season. All right, let's see. Uh, we have some more people that are chiming in now. Uh, Steven says, heard the rumor the rumorville, <laughs> but I think rumor mill maybe. Bud Dupree might end up on the trading block if this happens. Do you think it's a smart move since we lack depth at outside linebacker? Um, yeah, I've I haven't heard that to be honest with you. I haven't heard that they're op they're openly trade like putting him on the trading block. But at the same time, I don't see them moving him before the draft. I don't see them moving him really at all. Because they, like you said, they don't have a lot of outside linebacker depth. I mean, on the roster right now, you have Watt, Dupree, Chicolo, and then you have Ola Deniers, the only other player on the roster that has actual NFL regular season experience. Yeah, you have Keon Adams, but Keon Adams didn't even make the team last year. He spent it on the practice squad. So a lot of people had high hopes for him, but it hasn't really panned out yet. So I don't see them making that move personally. I just don't think it's going to – I just don't think they have the option to move a player at that position. Um, with multiple teams stating they're interested in trading down in the draft, do you think Pittsburgh will be more inclined to trade up for an inside linebacker? That's why, That's a question from Sadie. And the, the previous question was from Steve, and I, I, I forgot to mention that. Sadie, I – I have not heard all these teams saying they're willing to trade down, but if they are willing to trade down, the Steelers need to be very cognizant of what teams are saying that. So for instance, let's say I think the Buffalo bills are around 10th. Let's say the bills get to their pick and Devin white is still on the board. Uh, and the Steelers know that the bills are willing to shop that pick. They need to pick up the phone and say, well, what's the asking price? We'll swap you first rounders. You'll take 20. We'll give you a third, our later third, and we'll also throw in a sixth. I'd do that deal in a heartbeat. I'd do that deal in a heartbeat. I'm not sure if that would be enough for them, but you would be essentially, like I said, they're getting another, they're getting, they're staying in the first round, and they're also going to get two additional picks, one in the third, which is still a valuable round for a selection. So um, it just depends. It all depends on that. This is where the NFL draft talk gets really 
crazy because you just don't know how it's going to shake out, period. You just don't know. Um, here we go. Let's see here. Um, Ali said, James Washington came out saying Ben Roethlisberger helped him last year. What is it that he helped him with, in your opinion? I did see that article where James Washington was referring to after Roethlisberger called him out publicly on his radio show, he pulled him into the wide receiver room and he spoke with him. And it, according to Washington, he really kind of said, look, you're so much better than what you're showing. He lacked confidence. And it wasn't just what he said. It was what he then did in practice. And this came from Mark Cavalli of The Athletic. He said that in the that the few weeks after Roethlisberger called him out, Roethlisberger didn't throw the ball to anyone more than James Washington. He guessed that in two, two in one week, he threw over 30 passes to him in game-type situations. I mean, he was just constantly throwing him the ball because he wanted him to get confidence. He wanted to gain that rapport. And so I think that what he was referring to in terms of helping him was to realize that it's okay to make a mistake, that you have to bounce back from that mistake and you have to have confidence in yourself. That's kind of the message that James Washington was sending in his comments. But at the same time, uh, again, we don't know what exactly was said, but Roethlisberger showed that, you know, he was willing to throw him the football and he did that. I think in week 17, he had that big catch down the sideline against the Bengals. And that was when Roethlisberger said in the postgame presser that that was the same exact route that, that Washington ran against Denver when he, I, it's kind of laughable now when he jumped, when he didn't have to and ended up dropping the pass. And so he's, he was learning, he's getting better. And so there's maybe just a vote of confidence. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we got a, we got another Bengals fan in the live chat. I'm not I don't get it. Why are you here? <laughs> That's just okay. Um let's see here. What do you think all the let's hear oh, Miles Sanders? He gets I'm sorry, Russ. Russ asked the question about that player. I'm not sure. You're talking about a great fit in the fifth or sixth round. I'm still learning the players that could be a good fit in the first round, let alone the fifth or sixth. Um do you think the Steelers, this is from uh, Zantastic, do you think the Steelers still have the best quarterback in the AFC North? Absolutely. I mean, who's better? Yeah, you might want to talk about, you could talk about, oh, well, my goodness, look at Baker Mayfield and what he has, but Baker Mayfield is still very unproven. And Andy Dalton? No. Lamar Jackson? No. It's still Ben Roethlisberger, period. Uh, does Ben have his warts? Absolutely. He was careless with the football last year and he led the NFL in interceptions. But at the same time, you can't say that there's any quarterback in the AFC North. I don't like there's a Bengals fan in our live chat right now. There's no way you can tell me that Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger period. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls. He's been to three. They continually win the AFC North. They continually beat the Bengals all the time, so I, I just don't understand how anyone. I Baker Mayfield was probably number two on a lot of almost everyone's list. I, my guess, if people were, if we were to do like a Family Feud poll here and ask a hundred people who's the best quarterback in the AFC North, I would say that probably eighty say that Ben Roethlisberger is. I don't know, fifteen Baker Mayfield, and then move down to Andy Dalton, and then to Lamar Jackson last. So we'll see. Uh, 
Ryan asked any thoughts on why players like Brown get mad at the teams, but they don't like their current contract. Why no hostility toward the new age, toward their agent? Well, the thing is, Ryan, is that when these players sign these deals, they're happy with it. And I said this on Sunday when we talked about it on the standard is the standard, which you can go back and watch live on YouTube, or you can also check it on our audio platforms. People that want to get mad at Ben Roethlisberger maybe for not giving the team a quote-unquote hometown discount, you can't be mad at him. You can't be mad at anyone but a team like the Ravens for giving Joe Flacco a horrible contract and driving up the price of a quarterback. Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions, same thing. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings last year, all that guaranteed money. When teams make those deals, it really skews the market. It just drives the market way up. So to give an example, like Rob Gronkowski, who recently retired, if you had to have him on your team or Sammy Watkins, who would you pick? I think almost everyone would pick Rob Gronkowski because he's just so dominant when he's healthy. Sammy Watkins is always hurt, but Sammy Watkins was making more money than Rob Gronkowski. So think about that. I mean, it's one of those situations where you're you're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? So um, there you have that. I understand that you can be mad at the agents and all that stuff, but ultimately, you know, you have uh, a lot of stuff going on there. So I let's see if we have another couple more questions. All right, this Bengals fan's causing a ruckus. I think it's time to call it a good show. So um, all right, folks. I apologize if you can hear that noise. All hell's breaking loose here in the BTSC headquarters. Um, I just hope that really you subscribe, okay? YouTube, BTSC Steelers Radio, hit the like button, subscribe. We appreciate all the support there. The live chats are always great. Also, make sure you check us out on our audio podcast. Go to any place you find podcasts, search Steelers, and you'll be you'll find us. Look for the behind the steel curtain.com logo. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers burning question.